Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, this is Lloyd Spence, and listen, the NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. You got to get over to Bet Online, guys, and take a look at all of the lines for this week's NFL game. And, of course, the NBA draft is this week. Who's going number one? Who are you betting on? So from the game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always an online casino as well because it never closes. Never. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tell them Lloyd Spence and the Noisemakers sent you. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talkin' Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and and Charlie. Go Go get get it, fellas. We are so glad to be here with you tonight for another Believe in the ACC. I am Lloyd Spence. That is Charlie Ward. And that smiling face that you see down there is none other than legendary head coach, Mr. Davo Sweeney. How you doing, sir? I'm great, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't believe I'm talking to Charlie Ward with the draft going on right here. NBA draft going on and like having an out-of-body experience here. <laughs> let, me, let, me just, let me just uh, welcome everyone. Uh, this might be uh, history-making for our for our program. I know we're talking football, a little bit football today, but my man Patrick Williams just went number four to the Chicago Bulls. Is that right? State. Yes, Florida State. Just shout out to the Florida State Seminoles basketball program, Coach Ham and staff. Uh, we're trying to catch up. We're trying to catch up with Clemson football uh, and all the draft picks, early picks, and all that kind of carrying on. So I just want to bring that up before we get started. Hey. I love Coach. I love Coach Hamilton. I mean, I really do. I've gotten to be around him a little bit at some of our ACC meetings that we have along the way. And man, what a job he's done there! It's unbelievable. And I, I see they got two guys projected, but how about the fact he looks like he's like. 40. And yeah, he's like 31. Yeah. I mean, it just blows my blows me away. Me and my wife, every time we see him, we're like, it's just, it's unbelievable. We need, we need what he's been drink, drinking. They are doing an unbelievable job down there. Uh, that's for sure. Well, listen, well, again, we are so grateful to have you here tonight, Coach. And again, we're sponsored by betonline.ag and Popcorn World. Coach, are you a popcorn fan? I love popcorn. All right, we gotta we gotta get you some popcorn. World popcorn. I promise you, it'll change your life. You'll never want another bag of popcorn ever any, on earth other than popcorn. World. So I eat popcorn every Friday night with the team. We go to a movie, and uh, so I'm a big popcorn guy. I get my pop, and I, I I like I like all kinds of popcorn. But right. popcorn. we're gonna make that happen because we go we gonna get you a box, Charlie. We gonna get you get your information. And that first box, that first box we send you is on us. So <laughs> we want to make your Friday night even more special than it has been. <laughs> I like it. I like it. 
It is so it's so amazing to have you here tonight. I am uh, I'm excited because I've wanted to ask a question like this to someone of your stature for a long time because I know your journey. I know how hard you've worked to get to where you are. I've watched that Clemson program grow like we all have. And you've gone from, as we use the old cliche, the hunter to the hunted. But I don't know if anybody's ever handled it as well as I think you've handled it. And so I want to ask you the question. I want to start out by asking you that question. What is life like as being the hunted every week? Because you are week in, week out for the last few years. You've been everybody's ACC championship game. You've been their national championship game. What is that like preparing for that every week? Yeah, well, it, it feels like what I grew up on, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, growing up in Alabama, uh, that's all I knew. And 13 years in Tuscaloosa, you know, that's just was that's was my norm. And it was the only place I had ever I had never lived anywhere but Alabama until I was 33 when I came to Clemson. And that was 18 years ago. So this is my 18th year here. My 12th is the head coach. And and uh, so. You know, I grew up watching Alabama and, and you know, Alabama always had that. To me, Alabama won a lot of games before the game was ever kicked off, you know. I right. mean, just getting off the bus, they won. And you could just see it in warm-ups, you know, because the other team didn't necessarily believe they could win. Mm-hmm. I, and I was a part of some of those teams where I look, I'm like, man, they're pretty good. But they didn't really believe they could win. And But, but my time growing up there, my time 13 years in the program as a player and a coach, there was just this expectation and, and it just was my norm. It just kind of the way it was for a long time. And when I came to Clemson, uh, you know, it was different. Uh, you know, we were, we hoped to win. Uh, and, and that's, that, that was different. And when I got the job, that was my number one, you know, priority was to try to create uh, a, a different mindset, you know, an attitude of belief, uh, a can do attitude, uh, and knowing we were going to have failure along the way, but if we could just, you know, learn how to think the right way, learn how to, you know, put the work in, you know, the, you know, just and stay the course that eventually we could build a program where, and, and, and to be quite honest with you, you know, we've had a lot of great achievements. The, the best achievements we've had outside of our academic consistency is the consistency as a program year in and year out. And I remember back in 2011, we won the league for the first time in 20 years. We won 10 games for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. And and I remember it was like we were going to have a party around here. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go have three, four, five of these 10-plus win seasons and build some consistency. So that's that's one of our greatest accomplishments. But now uh, – and, and I told the team this after the Notre Dame game. That may be – outside of winning the national championship, the greatest accomplishment that we've had as a program in my 12 years as the head coach, uh, seeing, seeing a brand, a team like Notre Dame to back in 2009, when I got the job, if you would have said, Hey, 12 years from now, teams are going to be storming the field when they beat you, even like Notre Dame. And so I think that's a compliment. And I, that's one of the greatest accomplishments that we have is that we have built a program that is now a target. And and so when you're on this side of that, you have to embrace that target and you have to, uh, uh, you know, be fueled by that, not not drained by that. You got to be fueled by that. And I think I think the 
the best of the best. That's what they all have in common. I, and I love study. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really into the people who win one time. I like studying people who win a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like studying. I love studying the Michael Jordans and the LeBrons and, and, and Belichick's and Nick Saban's and, and all these people who, you know, what, what makes them different? Joe Montana. I mean, you go on and on and on Bobby Bowden, you know, what's different. And, you know, one of the things that they all have is this thing called the competitive stamina gene, mm. you know, and that is it's 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 great to win. But the joy is in the chance to win again. And when you know that you're going to get everybody's best every time you take the, the court or the field or the diamond or whatever it is, man, as a competitor, that should bring out the best in you. So, so to answer your question, I love the fact that I know every week who we play, we're going to get their best. Yeah. And so our focus is always on our best, yeah. uh, you know, and, and that's just how we go about it. So it's, uh, it's definitely different than when we were, you know, trying to get on, you know, ESPN uh, primetime. Right. Uh, but I love it. It's a good way to live. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, Coach, um, 2020, uh, this year has been like no other. Of course, you know, with COVID and all of the different protocols and different things we've had to go through. Uh, what has been uh, some, one, let's just say, what have, what have been some challenges you guys have had to face? I know you've had injury. Uh, you've had, you know, at, at the beginning of the summer, there was this list of COVID, how many numbers you had and all the people that are positive. And now going through the season, you're having the same type of challenges. What has been how, how have you guys been able to make it through uh, this season uh, with all the different uh, challenges or issues yeah. that you have to face week to week? It's not it's not, you know, it's a week to week deal. Yeah. It's a day-to-day deal, and, oh, uh, yes. and it really is. And so, and that's kind of the mindset that we have, Charlie. Is is every day is a best of one. Like I tell them, the NBA. I love the NBA. I'm like, listen, this ain't a best of seven, man. This ain't a best of five. This is a best of one. You know, the one thing we've learned since March is the world can pro- change tomorrow, right? Yeah. And and I think we all have a deeper appreciation for the privilege and the, of the opportunity. You know, especially being together. I mean, we were isolated for so long, March, April, May, June. We didn't get back together full time until July. And, uh, you know, so the biggest challenge initially was just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big planner. And, you know, I do a calendar every July, 13-month calendar that, that goes through that camp all the way through the next August camp. Every day is planned out. The whole, And then we just execute the plan. And all of a sudden in March, <laughs> throw the calendar away. Right, all gone, and 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 you can't plan because you it's the unknown. So uh, you know, I I'd never heard of Zoom. I didn't know any anything like that. And so uh, we had a lot of challenges initially. And okay, you know, it was like okay, we're gonna be going a week, and then it was like uh, no, we're not coming back. (laughs) Maybe June, and we're going what? And you know, because we had just left for spring break, so guys had left all their stuff. It's not like we had a chance to pack up. They left all their stuff. They don't have school supplies. You know, we don't have, I mean, it was crazy. So, you know, getting everybody what they needed, uh, trying to create homemade workouts, 
trying to get guys as many things as we could get them resource-wise, trying to get everybody up to speed on Microsoft Teams and Zoom. Uh, so there, there were some, some challenges in the beginning, uh, but our guys embraced it. And I, and I actually told our guys last April, I said, you know what? This thing looks like it's going to go a little while. This is either going to be a competitive advantage or a competitive disadvantage. Mm. And I think that's going to it's, – it's all about what you're made of. I always say it's going to shine you up or grind you up. It's all about what's, what, what's on the inside of you. And I said, I know we're made of the right stuff. we got the right type of character. we got the right type of commitment. And this will be a competitive edge for us. And uh, so I don't know when we're going to get back together. And, and so there were challenges there because, you know, we're as athletes and, you know, coaches, we're, we're so used to structure and being together and team. And, and, and it's just, you know, we rose to the occasion, but it's hard to duplicate that like this, you know, without that, that iron sharpening iron in person and, and the lack of structure and doing what we do. But there were silver linings too. Uh, and that is, you know, typically in college football after the spring game, you know, we can't meet, have any football meetings with our guys until late summer, we get two hours. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to have installation meetings, team meetings, review meetings, and we were able to do so much mentally with our guys, which was great. And then by the time we got back together in July, uh, you know, I thought we were further along mentally than we've ever been, but physically, we were in a pretty good spot uh, and you could tell who really had, had, had put the, the, the work in, but we weren't quite where you would normally be if you'd have had April, May and June together. Uh, so there were challenges. And then you think, you know, your schedule and then they blow the schedule yeah. up. Right. You're starting camp on this day. Then they say, well, you're probably not. Then they say you're open. So you've done all your preseason scouting stuff, throw that out the window uh, and then you don't even know if you're going to get a schedule. And, they, and then we find out, oh, well, we are going to get a schedule, and, but we'll let you know in a couple of weeks. And uh, so it was just just challenges of the unknown. But at the end of the day, we just got to a point where we were so thankful and grateful just to be together and to have an opportunity to play. The isolation was terrible for everyone, not being able to be together, not being able to do, you know, get out and throw the ball with each other and, 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 and then there was fear taking over. And uh, so, you know, we got through all of that. And, and man, these guys have, have been awesome. And then, you know, as we, as we, the challenge of, okay, here's what we're dealing with. How do we mitigate the building? How do we, where we, what's our team meeting going to look like? What's practice look like? How are we going to feed everybody? Housing, travel. And so it was just, you know, uncharted territory, uh, but learned a lot. Uh, learned a lot. I mean, I feel like I've got a PhD in, in uh, uh, you know, COVID and housing and mitigation and, you know, all kind of protocols and all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm just proud of our guys. They, they, they bought in. Uh, they've done what they needed to do. And, uh, you know, we've certainly had challenges like everybody. But, I mean, we're going into our ninth game. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know if we were going to get one. And so now we're going into game nine and, uh, we've had injuries. We've had guys unavailable for, you know, whatever, either close contact, quarantine, uh, whatever it is. But, you know, it's made us better. And we've had to be better coaches. Uh, we've had to become closer as a team. You know, we've had to, had to have we've had to ask more of some guys than maybe we would have. And uh, in the end, I think I, I think that's a positive for us. 
Coach, one of the things that um, excites me about you on a personal level is that I know you're a man of great faith and, and you're not afraid to wear your faith out there, which I personally appreciate. How does that guide your guide you through stuff like this? Because this is this is definitely unprecedented, uncharted waters. And just on a personal level, how does that guide you in this season like this? It guides me in every season, you know, whether it's a season of success or a season of challenge, a season of mourning, a season of you know great happiness. You know, uh, my faith is is my anchor and it keeps me grounded. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, uh, you know, joy, you know, joy in life doesn't come from your bank account. It doesn't come from winning football games. It doesn't come from your job or your country club or whatever. Uh, you know, joy comes from uh, knowing Jesus. Joy comes from focusing on Jesus, focusing on others and then yourself. J-O-Y. And uh, I think that's the perspective that God wants us to have. Uh, and so that's just try. I just try to live my life that way. I try to keep my eyes on the Lord and all I do good and bad. And I think if you really believe that, you know, you, you just, you know, and we're all human and we all uh, get frustrated and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you really believe that, then then you have to you have to you have to give it to God. And I think fear and faith are the exact same thing. It's a belief in something that hasn't happened, you know, or what you something that could happen. And, you know, fear is false evidence appearing real and faith is forwarding all issues to him. Uh, so, so I just choose faith, you know, I mean, that's just my choice. I just choose faith because, and why do I choose faith? Because I'm 50. And since, <laughs> I'm, and since I'm six, since I was 16 years old, I, I, when I met the Lord, yeah, he's been there time and time and time and time and time again. Yeah. And he's answered prayers and he's not answered prayers. And what God has proven to me since I met him, he's way smarter than me. And, and he's, and God never says, oops, God never says my bad dadgummit. I didn't mean for that to happen. That's we serve a perfect God and that's a hard thing. And, and things happen on this side of eternity that none of us are ever going to understand. We're going to always, you know, we live in a fallen world. Yeah. There's sin, there's hate where there's people. Guess what? There'll be sin. There'll be hate. There'll be jealousy. There'll be greed. The, the devil's real too. And man, he wants to steal your dreams. He wants to create doubt. You know, he wants division. He wants all those things. And, and God is almighty and sovereign, but he gives us a choice. And so no matter what, I just choose faith. And in fact, that's my word this year. Every year I have a word and this year my word is faith. I mean, I, I just got, I got to keep faith. Yeah. I just got to keep faith. Just keep the faith no matter what. And um, I think if you, if you, you know, cause at the end of the day, I think that's what we're all called to do. Whether y'all are doing this show or whatever it is, we all have a platform. And as a person of faith, we're supposed to know Jesus and make him known and glorify him through whatever we do. Right. Colossians three twenty three said, whatever you do, yeah. you do it as if you're working for the Lord. Right. And, uh, and so with all your heart. And so that's just how I try to live my life. You know, I just yeah. live my life as if I'm working for the Lord and, and uh, he's a tough boss, man. Yeah. Uh, now and then, you know, you'll you'll get out of line, and he'll he'll check you up against the wall every now and then. 
Very much so. A lot, a lot of people checking in tonight, to, uh, watching us online on Facebook and YouTube and all other platforms. But one of the questions that came up, which I thought was interesting, said, what do you say to the kids in regards to discipline and being careful around campus with COVID around? That's a uh, Same thing I tell them all the time. Don't give up what you want most for what you want in the moment. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, I always I tell our guys all the time, nothing more common than unsuccessful people with talent. You know? Uh and the reason that is, is, is especially young people. Yeah. What they want most for what they want in a moment. And mm -hmm. it's those decisions that you make in the moment that ultimately uh, are either going to let that 30 year old version of you make him happy or let him down. And, and so it ultimately, we can have all the mitigation, all the policies, everything. It comes down to personal discipline and personal commitment. Uh, so, you know, because it's not like the virus is not out there. It's there. And I mean, they can get it, go to the gas station. It's not like you can't, we can't eradicate that, but we can mitigate the, 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 the chance, you know, yeah. you can lower that. And so do what, follow the protocols, do what you're supposed to do. Don't be going to the parties and don't be doing this and don't be doing that. You know, so we just, I just hit that spot in the tree every day, every day. And our guys have been amazing. Yeah. They really have. Uh, and I'm super proud of them. Um, uh, and, in the way we've set things up, you know, we have, we don't have a lot of contact tracing as far as the way we've done our housing and things like that. So that's been a positive. Um, but, uh, just, you know, it's gotta mean, it's gotta mean something to you. You gotta yeah. care about your teammate. You gotta care about your opportunity. And you know what, there'll be plenty, this is not going to be forever. Uh, and, and there'll be plenty of opportunity for all those things. But if you really want to play, you have to assume that everybody has it. That just has to be the mindset. And if you assume that everybody has it, then you'll keep your bubble the way it needs to be and you'll follow the protocols. And, and if you do that, you got a good chance of, of being able to play. Well, that's, um, that's something I, I, I share daily with my team as well. Uh, Cause you know, young people, they like to conjugate and hang out with each other and they're around and close. And I'm like, man, spread out. Until it, it, something actually happens, you know, it's like, okay, now we got to follow by the rules. But um, Speaking of that, that's what happened to us in June. You know, so our guys had not seen each other since March. Oh, yeah. Right? So they come back in June voluntary. We couldn't make anything mandatory. And, and, we, could, and we could only have them for like an hour. Uh, mm -hmm. And it had to be small groups. Well, But guess what? They had seen each other. And so they're all happy. So – all of a sudden we had this breakout in June, but because they're hanging out, they're playing the games, they're this and that, they're going right. downtown and, and, but they figured it out quick uh, that, okay, this is getting real quick. And yeah. so, you know, they just ultimately uh, the discipline and character of our team has won the day. And that's given us a chance, uh, you know, to, to get to this point. Uh. One of the things I know, uh, I'm a former quarterback. And yeah, you're all right. I'm, right. Good. I'm glad uh, you're not playing this week, though. I'm glad. <laughs> all all I got, I got. He runs around like you. Holy moly. He's yeah. a problem. Hopefully we can protect him from all those, from all those blitzes. I like uh, it, you you know, I'm a former quarterback. Uh, right, right. He's just you know, casual guy that just showed up one time. I'm a former quarterback. <laughs> right. 
who could act a good point uh, uh, shot too to go with it. Right. right. So this being, I'm curious to know because right now you're kind of living in uh, luxury. Yeah, I mean, you got two guys that oh. can can really play the quarterback position. But I'm interested to know when did it change for your program? Because I know I'm a big believer that if you have a solid quarterback that makes good decisions, uh, you have a chance. I don't care what your team looks like, they get a chance to win each and every game. Yeah. And so when did it change for you? Um, you think – I know they had guys like Taj Board. Um, and Deshaun Watson, um, and those are some of your core staple uh, early on uh, quarterbacks. But what do you think it changed most for, for your program uh, with at the quarterback position? Yeah, well, it, it definitely uh, Taj Boyd, you know. And I would even say when I first got the job in, in 09, my first year, I had a kid named Kyle Parker. Right. And Kyle, Kyle was a lot like you, and he was a two-sport star. And, uh, in fact, he's still the only guy to hit 20 home runs and throw 20 touchdown passes ever in college football. Wow. But I only had him for, like, two seasons, and he was a first-round draft pick in baseball and, and gone. But he us to our first division championship my first year. We got beat in the championship game, but that was a big deal for us. But I knew right out of the gate that if I was going to have a chance – I was going to have to have a quarterback that I could build something around. And so I went, uh, met Taj Boyd. I got the job December of 08 and started recruiting Taj. And I went up to Virginia and sat with he and his family there. And I mean, I mean, who am I? I mean, it's like, I mean, he's got like the Oregon coach and the Ohio state coach. And, uh, uh, and, and here I am. And it was like Trestle. Is it Bilotti? Is that his name? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was Bilotti or something like that, but Morgan. In tre at Oregon and Trestle and yeah, here I am up there and and man, just God's grace. Uh, you know, Taj had a visit left, and in the end, he he bought into the vision that I had laid out for him. And I and I knew he wasn't going to be ready. He was coming off a torn ACL. Uh, he was going to have to have surgery. And I was like, you know, here's a kid. If you know, I had Kyle uh, for for that 09 season, and I had a chance to redshirt Taj. Uh, and, but he, he left here to this day. Uh, he's the winningest quarterback in school history. He and Sean both won 32 games and a guy named Rodney Williams and, and Trevor's actually going for his 32nd win this weekend. So he could tie that and maybe break it down the road. But, uh, you know, Taj Boyd, uh, getting him and, and, and his development, his first couple of years. And in 2011, Man, he became Taj Boyd. So he redshirted in 09. He was played some in 10. And in 11, he led us to 10 wins to the Orange Bowl, uh, you know, ACC championship. And that was such a huge deal. Uh, we beat Florida State that year in 2011. And, I mean, he led us to three top ranked. We had three ranked. We had Auburn, Florida State, and at Tech in a row. And we had a chance to win all three of those games because of, of Taj Boyd. And uh, his quarterback play. And so he came back in 12 and led us to 11 wins and beat LSU in the in the in the Peach Bowl, hit New Hopkins on fourth and 16 to keep us alive. And and then he comes back in 13 and leads us to our first BCS win over Ohio State. So he didn't win a national championship, but he built the foundation. And Deshaun Watson comes in in 14. And here we go. And, and we're in the national championship in 15 and 16 and we win it. 
And then here comes Trevor Lawrence. So uh, it really started with Taj Boyd yeah. and, uh, and and his development, uh, because if, if, if without Taj, we don't get to Sean uh, and the style of play that we had put in, in place. And, and then without Deshaun and his success, we don't get Trevor. So, uh, you know, it builds, you know, it builds upon itself if, you, if you're doing things the right way. Well, first of all, I just want to make sure I, I'm, um, I get this right because I've been practicing DJ Uagalele. That is not even close. Uh, come on, man. No. So I, I actually – I have it in my phone. Let me see. Let me show you here. And I was going to ask you, how long did it take you to get that name pronunciation? Well, well, I got it. So, so right there, I put it. I wrote it in like you know, like it sounds. Uwe unga lele. Oh, Uwe unga lele. Oh, you know what I call him? I just say, man, that's DJ. Ooh, we you see him throw that ball? Right, right. They call him Big Big Oose. I don't know what that means, but that's what his family calls him, Big Oose. Okay. And I just call him Big Cinco. But I'm, yeah. going, I'm going with Uwe. Look at him throw that ball. I like that one. <laughs> one thing about that, he has a quality, just like just like Trevor, just like Deshaun, just like Taj. What is that one quality that you're finding in these guys that's common to all of them? Because they they all are amazing quarterbacks. Love of preparation, uh, high football IQs, and uh, you know, tough mentally and physically tough, but but just high character, you know, young people, mm. and and a poise and a demeanor that you can't coach. You know, it's just it's just it's just rare, and it's so important at that position. You know, Deshaun was that way. So so it's so interesting for me. Like I didn't know if I'd ever coach another guy like Deshaun. You know, but Sean was developmental, and he came in in January. He was 180 pounds. He looked like a basketball player, right. and and in in August he was right almost 200. So he'd gotten in the weight room and done what he do. Picked up you know three meals, all that. He's he's 200 pounds, but I was so blown away with his presence. Like he has had this presence to him, and you never know how a guy's going to absorb installation and be able to take it from the the meeting room to the practice field, like. You know, especially with the speed of the game changes, the physicality of the game changes, the the intensity of the competition changes, the margin for error changes, all that stuff. And and here's this high school kid coming in in January, and he, and we got dudes out there now. And how's he going to respond? And I was so blown away by uh, his his ability. Like we and we purposely put a lot in in the spring early. Because we want to see where these, you know, it's kind of like throw a bunch of mud at the walls, yeah. And you want to see what sticks, and then you pick it back up, and you throw it again, and maybe a little more sticks. And it was like he had been here for two years. It was unbelievable. His so what that showed me is is the amount of preparation he had put in prior to us ever having a meeting or a practice. I mean, his 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 absorption of that amazing. And then I watched him on the practice field, and I'm like. Golly, he looks like a, he handles himself like a senior. And yeah. so so that demeanor, that poise was so rare, so special. And then when I start watching him compete and it didn't matter what group he went with, he was moving them. I mean, I could put all walk-ons out there and he was moving them. And he never <laughs> flinched. It didn't matter. And if he throw a pick, nothing. Throw a touchdown, nothing. 
That's just how he was. But his he'd be his love of preparation to me. That's the common ingredient. And then and then here comes Trevor. Well, Trevor, he's the exact same stuff, except he's six six two fifteen when he showed right. up here. Right, right. You know, like like okay, and he and but he, but but they have the same quality. Trevor looks like Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the most un-Hollywood kid you'll ever meet. I mean, total humility. And Deshaun mm-hmm. the same way. They both have this this uh, peaceful demeanor and, and this this very gentle, humble spirit. And they're kind to everybody. Mm-hmm. And there's no prima donna in Deshaun. Zero. That guy was a grinder. D- Trevor, grinder. No prima donna, no, none of this, you know, oh, I'm the quarterback, and especially as the heads, no, no distractions like this. Deshaun graduated in two and a half years. Who does that? Wow. He graduated wow. in two and a half years. So do you see the type of focus that he had? Yeah. yeah. What he wanted, and he was so busy being great, nothing could, could distract him. And that's why we won, because that oozed into everybody, and that made everybody better. And when your best player is the most committed guy, you ain't got no choice. And, yeah. and we had that everywhere, you know, Christian and Dexter and Deshaun. And then here comes Trevor and he's the same guy, except he's bigger. Yeah. And he's just as fast, but he's got a freaky arm talent. It's unbelievable. And, and he's a winner. So that's the other quality they have. They all have their winners. They've all won state championships. And then DJ rolls in here and he's the combination of those two guys. He's got this, uh, presence like Deshaun had and and he's got this poise and love of preparation this guy's here all the time in fact when I I was went I was getting ready to call him to tell him he was going to be starting against BC and heck he was sitting down in the quarterback room by himself wow and that's so that's the maturity and here's the other thing about him they all had this level of confidence and maturity as a young person that's rare so Deshaun committed to me in the 10th grade he says, Coach, I'm coming. Mama's battling cancer. He said, look, I know what I want to do. I'm coming to Clemson. I'm your quarterback. Wow. And I'm like, Deshaun, we got two more years. You know, you, you know, I'm like, you know, your typical 16-year-old. You're right. going to be doing the drama for two years. Right. And I offended him. He's like, Coach, I'm coming to Clemson. You know, and because and, and, I didn't know him as well at the time. And it was over. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we had all these guys here. Trevor Lawrence calls me December of his junior year and says, Coach, I'm ready to come to Clemson. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> never, never once, never once asked me about another quarterback. Never once didn't ask me about the roster. No conversations about how he's going to fit it. Nothing. Wow. What I'm doing. It was So that was junior year. They had to go all in. DJ Uyunglele. <laughs> DJ DJ. You know why he came to – that guy would be starting at 127. Oh, scores. yeah. yeah. Do you know why he came? This is rare now. First of all, he's strong in his faith, but he came because he wanted to spend a season with Trevor. He wanted to learn from the best. Wow. He wanted to watch him. You know, that's a rare quality when it's not all about you. That's true. You, know, when you have that type of humility. And so all three of them – have this humility, but I've never had a guy like DJ. I've never coached a guy like him. I mean, they're, they're all three unique. They all have, they're more similar than they're different. Yeah. But DJ, I mean, this guy's 255 pounds. Right. 
And and I I mean he can throw the ball. I mean it's it's freaky. Uh, so so I get to go to practice and I get to watch these two guys, and you know it's it's a it's an awesome thing. So you know they make me look good every single week. But I think as a coach, that's what we're supposed to do is yeah. try to go get the best players you can get, coach them up, develop them, equip them, put them in position to be successful. And uh, man, the good Lord has just he's just blessed us with not just great players. But I mean, great human beings. Yeah. Right. And so the humility, the love of preparation, their poise, all those things, uh, you got a chance to win every single time you got them out there. Well, let me let me um, let me ask this. Your uh, say your your crumbs that you're talking about quarterback wise. Could you please uh, have them uh, come to Florida State? The one that, the one that you say. Uh, that you know, the top guy said, "Hey, I'm coming," but you say you, you got to call one of those other guys that you recruited and say, uh, "Well, we got such and such coming this year," and I I don't know what your thoughts are. You know, if you want another school, just send them to Florida State, man. Go <laughs> up and say, "Coach, I got somebody for you at the quarterback position." Uh, uh, Hey, they're gonna be. I really like this kid they got, man. He, he's uh, he's he is. I mean, he's a problem. Yeah. Uh, dang, he's, he's he they, they can build around him. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, your your culture, mm-hmm. of course, you've been doing it for quite some time, and you struggled early on. Um, I know that's something that we're going through right now. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed about your culture that I noticed when I was coming through at Florida State was the coaching staff. Um, all five years that I was at Florida State, we had the same staff. I mean, the, the support staff made a change, but the actual coaching on the field was the same. Um, and you've been able to do a very good job of keeping your coordinators uh, happy, keep them there. And they probably have the same attitude that you're talking about your players have. Uh, tell tell me tell a little bit about you know how you've been able to establish that type of culture where people just don't want to leave. I mean, guys that they have an opportunity to go in the first round of the NFL draft and they choose to come back to school. Um, that's just not heard of for the <laughs> most part. And by the way, coach. By the way, guys, about one guy. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not just talking about one guy. Right. This multiple guys. And so I'm just curious to know, you know, how you keep the culture uh, where guys want to stay in college. Yeah. Go ahead, Lloyd. No, I was just going to say, by the way, thank you for Dexter Lawrence. I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> I mean, hey, don't about Wayne Gallman. He got two yeah. touchdowns for you. Yeah. Listen, we are yeah. three. Listen. Okay, my man Wayne Train, he's rolling. We may mess around and win the division all of a sudden. <laughs> so, Wayne Train. That's a great question, Charlie. How how do you how do you do that? How, what have you created in that staff that's causing your staff not to want to leave and oh. your players and stuff? Yeah, well, that's easy. It's family, and and as you alluded to, I mean, it's culture. Culture drives everything. Uh, it, it really or it should. And I think a lot of people miss that. You know, they they get focused more on uh, winning or or results, and you forget that you're dealing with people. Uh, to me, this is, it's all about people. Everything's about people. And, and I, I think if, you know, I, I hire people first, 
coach is second. Like when I hired Tony Elliott, Tony played for me. You know, he was a captain for me. I mean, I've got, I don't know, I got like, there's like 20 former players on the staff. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot, so many of them played for me. But Tony played for me when I hired him. I said, hey, I'm going to have you coach the running backs. And he looked at me like, what? I coach, I don't know anything about I've never coached running. I said, man, I ain't worried about that. That's the easy part. We'll teach you all that. I'm hiring you because of who you are. I'm hiring you because of who you are. Wow. Right? If you get the people part right, then you have a you you have a chance to be successful, and so uh, for me, you know, so many people miss out on that. But if, in a nutshell, we talk about being all in. So, how do you get everybody all in? All right. Uh, well, first of all, to me, the cornerstone of that, if you will, the first part is 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 a family atmosphere. You know, you you and and we that's a very intentional thing. So, our that's the worst part about all of this is because we're. We are such a connected group here. I'm talking about wives, kids, coaches, you name it. I mean, since I, I mean, all of our kids have been on the sideline since I got the job in 09. And now we can't have them on the sideline. We we have practice going on and we got another football game going over here with kids. Wives are there. Wives are in the hall. Wednesday night family dinners. It's a very intentional thing. And it has been for a long time. Wow. And so that's how it started. So that's kind of where getting everybody all in started was a genuine family atmosphere where people really like we like each other we love each other we we are family and we've had turnover i mean i've had uh, i've had one two uh uh this is my third coordinator offensively this is my second defensive coordinator in brent mm-hmm. uh so w- but when we've lost a coach we we've developed a staff so when chad morris left after four years Tony and Jeff are ready to step into the, uh, a bigger role. Uh, and so, you know, uh, a lot of these guys played for me, you know, relationships, everything is, is relationship driven here. It's not process driven. Yes, there's a process, but it's, it's relationship driven process. Uh, it's not an outcome driven process. Wow. And so for us, it's a family atmosphere the second part of it is communication. Uh, when I first got the job, man, I, I, I created layers of communication uh, because I wanted I wanted to hear. I want to know. Like I, I, we started the Sweeney Huddle. Sweeney Huddle. What is that? Well, that's that's everybody that touches our player that's not a coach. So it's the equipment guys, the trainers, the academic person. It's the it's the the managers. It's all those things. And then Woody McCorvey meets with them because I don't want to be in there. You know, I want I want there to be open, free dialogue. And I, I get all these things. And and then that group, cre- they they select the council. And that's a group of people that that, you know, the, they see as leaders. And and so Woody meets with them. I, I create the senior leadership, uh, leadership council. I meet with them twice a week. So that's all my seniors. And then I let them choose some juniors and sophomores to be in that room. And, and there's communication. Uh, so I have the Sweeney huddle, Sweeney council, Sweeney leadership. And then, um, and then we created Paul journey. Uh, so we have Paul journey ambassadors and, and that's a whole nother group. And so there, and then we have our staff meetings and our all in meetings and, and, and there's just layers of communication. I think that's usually where there's a breakdown. And so when you have that family atmosphere and you have great communication, that leads to trust and respect. And, and you can't you can't have a great culture without trust and respect. And, and then 
the common purpose. Everybody in everybody from the people who clean the building to the secretaries to every player on the roster, they have to know what the common purpose of your program is. What's the vision of the program? So that vision has to be clearly articulated from day one. And everything in the whole organization has to be geared toward that. And then the other cornerstone is a genuine appreciation for each other. You know, like, like, like have a genuine, nobody's better than anybody. You know, we all have a job to do. We all have roles, but how about have a genuine appreciation for each person? So it's, it's the, it's the, the, the starting quarterback appreciating that scout team. You know, it's, it's, it's appreciating the walk on. It's having a great appreciation for the bus drivers. You know, it's it's and, and so that's kind of how we go about it. And then it's all about the little things. So there's a famous quote and it, and it was really the first quote that I brought into our our team back in 09. And it says, if you do the common things in an uncommon way, you will command the attention of the world. Mm. And so it's it's just about the little it's about doing the little things right. You know, Muhammad Ali said, man, it ain't the mountain ahead. It's yeah. the pebble in my shoe that wears me out, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I climb that mountain all day, but that pebble in my shoe is wearing me out. Yeah. And so it's all about the little things. How do you – is the locker room clean? Mm. I'm fanatical about the little things. Nobody cleans up after Clemson. When we get off buses, man, we them buses are spotless. spotless. When we go to that movie theater in Tallahassee Friday night, when we leave there, it'll be cleaner than when we got there. We'll have popcorn and slushies and everything. But when we walk out of there, there ain't no trash left. And then we got blowers and we blow the whole theater out and we tell them, thank you for letting us come. And that's just so it's all about the little things, being intentional, on the little things. You know, I mean, that locker room, I mean, we got a beautiful facility here, but we're going to take care of it. Yeah. You know, and so we don't entitle anybody. We empower them. And so it's just it's just something that has been built over years. And when you take over a job, nobody came there to play for you. So you have to be able to create that buy in. You have to clearly articulate that vision. You, you and a core philosophy is to serve their heart, not their talent. And so how, how can you serve someone's heart if you don't know them? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. So so it's relationship driven and it's trying to connect on another level. And what I've learned about today's athletes is. You know, different from, you know, all of us. When our coaches told us to go run the steps, what did we do? We ran the steps. <laughs> we had no questions. Right. We asked no questions. Right. You know, you, you went and ran the steps. Right. Well, not it's, not, it's not that this generation won't do it, do that. But you have to be able to tell them why. Why? Yeah. And you have to, they have, you have to have a trust there. And I think that that ultimately the key to coaching is love. Yeah. The key to coaching is love. It's it, it's not fear. It's not it, it, the key to coaching is love. And if the guys know and they, and, they and, and being genuine, being authentic, just be who you are. Let them see your scars. You know, yeah. let them see your scars. We all have scars. Let them let them see them. Right. And, and 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 so I think that that's ultimately. And then for me, the way I protect our culture. As, as we, how do you, so how do you build a culture in this world? Well, it's through graduation, it's through recruiting, and it's through discipline. You know, so when you take over, you got what you got, you know, and you got to do the best you can with it, right? Yeah. But, but now it's about who's come, who are the people coming in the door? 
from a staff standpoint, from a player standpoint, and then it's player development. Mm. It's player development. So it's evaluation. It's player development. It's discipline. It's accountability. You know, it's not sacrificing the program for a what's best for a team. You know, I've always been program driven. And, and, you know, because if you if you if you aren't program driven, you'll take shortcuts to have a good team that year. Mm-hmm. Or or if you're serving their talent and not their heart and they're out mm-hmm. smoking dope and they're out doing whatever, it, you're going to look the other way because they can help you win a game. Right. All right. And so and what happens is you might have a good team. But you're not you're going to sacrifice the long term consistency of the program. You know, so I've never I, I don't want to give up what I want most for what I want at a moment. And so being disciplined in those moments along the journey is what it takes, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, a staffing decision, a, a recruiting decision or whatever. And then it's just having a belief. You know, you, you have to have a belief. Uh, I mean, I always tell everybody I'm, I'm an overbeliever. I'm not an overachiever. I'm an overbeliever. Uh, that's just how I look at it. And that goes back to my faith. And uh, so, you know, uh, and, and creating that mindset in your team of dreaming big. You know, the Bible says, Bible says what? As a man thinketh, so is he. Yeah. So why, why do we think such small thoughts? Like, you know, somebody heard, heard somebody say one time, God's got a thousand gallons of water to give us, and we walk around with a one-gallon, you know, bucket. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so we limit ourselves by how we think, you know? And so just creating that, that mindset and that belief and being incredibly – transparent in the recruiting process. Yeah. We don't offer many guys and we're not, this is not a place for everybody and that's okay. You know, that's okay. You know, this is, this is, this is a a different place. It's unique and it's special. And the way I protect it is, you know, by being cold blooded, honest uh, in the recruiting process, like this is what it's going to be. And yeah. if that's not for you, don't come here. Yeah. All right. And so, so guys know what they're getting into. And but here's the cool thing: there are some amazing young people out there, like Trevor, like DJ, that are these unbelievable football players. But more importantly, they're great young people. They're brilliant, and they want to come here and be a part of structure and discipline and accountability and selflessness and something bigger than themselves. Because it's not for everybody because we're not going to coddle them. We're not going to entitle them. It's going to be tough on them, but we're going to love them. We're going to love them. You know, I don't put them in the doghouse. I put them in the love shack. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to love them. Yeah. And I always tell them I'm going to run the program in a way that's best for the 30-year-old version of you. So when I meet you at 30, and we're all different at 30, right? Right. We think differently. We think we know it all at 18 and 19 and 20 and 21. You know, we got it all figured out. Yeah. And then, you know, you wake up one day and you're 30 and and, and one of two things are going to happen when I see them. They're either going to come hug my neck or they're going to go the other way. And so my mindset is, and I tell them all the time, listen, hey, you know, I'm more committed to the 30-year-old version of you and that person's feelings than I am this version of you. And, uh, you know, all of us have uh, that, that old person inside us that's counting on us. So I think as a coach, that's our greatest responsibility. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we can win some games. Sure. But we, we're never going to put winning games uh, ahead of 
developing these young people and the great men. And so, you know, our Paul Journey slogan is we're developing uh, first class men, world class leaders. And that's what we try to do on a daily basis. Coach, with the uh, with the with with all that's happened this year uh, and and uh, and and potentially happening going forward, um, what do you tell the 30 year old Trevor Lawrence, the 30 year old Travis Etienne and those who look like they're prepared to maybe start the next part of their life with all that's happening? Because uh, you hear a lot of stuff. Oh, he may come back. He may not come back, whatever. But what do you because I hear one thing that's cool about you, coach, is I hear both the coach and the father, you know, mm-hmm. the mentor. I hear all of that in, in what you're saying. What do you tell those guys uh, going forward with what they've accomplished already and what maybe is still in front of them? Yeah. So so, you know, I went to college when I was 18 and uh, in Tuscaloosa and I left when I was 31. Uh, but. I've been dealing with 18 to 22 year olds my whole life. So I feel like I got a PhD in that, in that group. And I've raised three sons and I've got two kids on the team. Uh, So, you know, I I get it and I understand all that's out there for them. So, but for me, I just try to get them to enjoy the journey, you know, and try to help them see the big picture. Uh, You know, guys like Trevor, you know, Christian Wilkins, all these guys that have choices to make. Like I thought Christian was leaving. I didn't know he was coming back. Right. Uh, I had, I thought he was leaving. Right. My job is to give them the best information I can mm-hmm. and support them in whatever decision they make. Uh, it's not my job to talk them in or out of anything like that. They got to make those decisions and they got to live with them. Right. Uh, so, so I try to, to give them those, those decisions and, and, but you know what, it, it is cool. I mean, you know, uh, Cleveland Furl, you know, I mean, he comes in here, but we, and we've had, you know, Cleveland got a late first, early second round grade. Mm-hmm. And, comes back and he's the third pick in the draft all right uh christian same thing late first early second round he comes back and he went i think 15th or 13th or 15th or something like that right and, and so i think th- that that precedent that's been set you know christian left here with a master's degree won the campbell trophy mm-hmm. all right so there's a there's a commitment to excellence in every area of their life here it's not it's so more than just that's what i always say if you're a, if you leave here and, and your identity is simply a football player. And all we've done is teach you how to sack a quarterback. We failed. You know, you, you are a great equipped man. Oh, by the way, man, I can throw the ball if you need me to. And I'm a pretty good quarterback. You know, kind of like Charlie said, you know, I was a pretty good quarterback one day. You know, Charlie was a great man. And right. Excellence in everything you do. And so that's what we want. And, and, it, and it just becomes contagious. If, if there's an enthusiasm to, to graduate here, you know, so, so we're the second winningest team in the country the last decade. All right. But nine out of those nine out of the last 10 years, we've been top 10 academically. You know who, who else has done that? It's Clemson, Northwestern and Duke. And then Clemson, wow. Alabama are the two winningest teams in the country the last decade. Wow. So we're doing it at a level on the field and a level off the field academically. So 276 seniors, 200 and, 71 graduates. All right. So there's a culture of graduation. And so that becomes part of the DNA. And, and, and these guys, they see that. And so we have guys leave, but they're leaving early with degrees. Right. You know, graduating and, and they're they're staying focused. And, and that's that's the number one thing in our program is to graduate our players. I mean, that's our number one responsibility. And uh, and so and not just not just get a degree, get an education. 
you know, get, get, get equipped with the tools for life, you know, and to have a great experience. And if we get those three, three things right, we'll have a chance to win a championship. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been pretty cool with all these, some of these guys that have chosen to come back along the way and, and uh, uh, you know, but ultimately they got to do what's best for them. And so I just tell them to enjoy the journey, enjoy the moment. A guy like, a guy like Trevor, I mean, this guy's going to play forever. All right. You know, man, have some fun play. It ain't going to be like this anymore. Charlie knows that this is, it's not going to be like this when you, when you leave college, it's just not, it's different. I mean, you're, 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 it's a job. And this guy that you like might be there today and he's gone tomorrow. And Oh, by the way, you know, uh, it's a business and, you know, it's in football. The shelf life is not very long. Right. Right. I mean, you don't play football. If you're playing football at 27, you're an old man, you know? And, and so, and then the, the, the economics of, of the NFL and things like that. So just enjoy where you being great, where your feet are. That's what I love about ETN. I thought he was leaving. Uh, and he came to me before the sugar bowl or yeah, the playoff last year. And he said, uh, you know, or the championship, the national championship. He said, he said, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to come back. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I want to graduate. You know, I got more I want to do. And uh, he got a second round grade last year. Uh, so I just think that that's, again, it's just kind of woven into the culture. And, you know, we've had other guys that, that I thought should have stayed that left. So we've had both sides of it. Right. Um, but I think it's more just just uh, the culture that's been established by guys. And, and, and I think those guys – speak life into you know we're very connected that way you know our former players are very very connected here it's a family and and so you know these kids get to know each other and they seek advice and um you know and they tell them the truth wow coach i have one last question uh for um i know you're getting ready to play my seminoles this saturday and we're kind of struggling um, we've been struggling in the past few years, just trying to get the stability that you've been talking about. I think, I, well, I know we have the right coach when it comes to you know all the things that you've talked about, building a program, the culture. I do know we have the right coach, and that's kind of the things, the foundation he's kind of laying right now. I'm just curious to know, when you turn on the film, uh, what do you see um, from Florida State that, you're, you're like, if they can just get this part or if they can do just this or this is what they do well, what would you say? Yeah. Well, first of all, man, I have I have an unbelievable amount of respect for Florida State uh, because I've been here 18 years. And first of all, I love Bobby Bowden. Uh, in fact, I got a picture of Bobby Bowden right there uh, on my wall. And uh, I've got a couple of letters. I, 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 you know, he's a he's a great man. And I've always had such respect for him and his consistency, you know, 14, 10 plus win seasons in a row, you know, unbelievable. And uh, we've had nine 10 plus win seasons. We're scratching and clawing, trying to trying to get to, uh, you know, uh, 20 double, double, double this year, if we can, uh, would be would be an amazing thing. But um, to me, it's a couple of things. First of all, when I watch them this year in totality, you know, literally from Georgia Tech to Miami, uh, all the way from Jacksonville State, all the way through uh, to NC State, you know, they, they're getting – they've gotten better. 
and they've gotten more sound in what they're doing. And I think the biggest thing, you know, and I don't know Mike well, other than we spent March to August on, on Zoom calls every week together. And we were actually on a committee together. So I really like him, uh, I, you know, from my Zoom relationship. He's, he's very sharp. And, and, you know, he's been a winner. I mean, he's had success. Uh, so I think the biggest thing is, is there's got to be some continuity. There has to be some consistency. Like, I don't, I, you know, and listen, I liked Willie. I, and I don't know what went on and all that stuff. But, I, I, I mean, I mean, Newt Rockney ain't winning in two years now. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, that's just my personal opinion. And I'm not throwing shade at administration or things like that. I'm just saying that you, you, you're not going to win without continuity. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, you, it takes continuity and support and belief, unshakable belief right, right. And, and consistency. And, uh, you know, and you, and you have to stay the course at some point because it's going to be my first year. We win the division and play for the championship. Man, everybody's excited. Well, my second year, we won six games. We lost five games by six points or less. One of them at Tallahassee, we led the whole game and that guy. That guy kicked a 70-yard field goal. I mean, it was 55, but it was good from 70. With right. two seconds. They didn't lead the whole game until right. they get through with two seconds. And then we lost at Auburn in overtime to Cam Newton, had them beat, and they went on went. So, and you know what my AD came in and told me that year? We had won six games, and I was a D-plus hire. You know, it's not like I was some, you know, uh, uh, secretariat ro rolling through the, you know, in here. I mean, I they didn't want – a lot of people didn't want me to get the job anyway, but this AD had an unshakable belief. He came in there that second year. We won six games, and he said, he said, Dabo, he said, and I thought he was going to fire me. I literally did. I thought he was coming in there to fire me. And and he he comes in there, and he looked at me. He said, Dabo, so I'm going to tell you something. He said, I believe in you more now that you're the right guy for this job than when I hired you. And he said, I know it's been a tough year. He said, there's going to be some criticism. He said, but I just want you to know that I believe in you more now than I did when I hired you, and I got you back. Don't you worry about anything. You just keep being you. You do what you, whatever you think you need to do. I know you're going to be great. And he said, you know what? You're going to be a great head coach. And he got up and he walked out. <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, now that's, that's some guts. Yeah. That's unshakable belief. But that's what it takes. Yeah. Because there's going to be challenge, especially when you take a most of the time when you get a job, it wasn't good. Right. Right. You know, I mean, if I walked out of here today, it'd be different for the next guy. Right. All right. But but if you get hired, you know, hired, norm, normally, typically it ain't good for a reason for right. whatever. And, and you don't just flip a switch. It takes time. It takes continuity. And, and then it's on the coach to instill the, the program and the culture and the core values and articulate that vision and get the right people into place and evaluate and all those things, create the buy-in, all that stuff has to come from the coach, but it, but it, it, it takes some time, first of all. All right. But looking at this team, all right, I see, and you know, and so then Mike, he doesn't have a spring. He doesn't have a summer. He doesn't have a camp. You know, I mean, I, I mean, you don't know the kids. It's already hard. You don't know them. And now you're, you're coming into a situation and, so there's no trust, you know, I mean, there's just, it just, those things take time. And then you think about those kids at Florida state and what all they've been through. Yeah. I mean, they've been through three coaches. I mean, they've heard this, heard that. I mean, they're worn out. 
you know, and, and they don't know what to believe or who to listen to. And, and, and then you got all this. Everybody becomes outside in. Right. And you can't win outside in. Right. You know, sh ships sink not because of the water around them. They sink because water gets in them. Right. Right. So so outside in, you know, you, you can't win that way. And, and, and it takes a little while to create that inside out approach and mindset. Um, but watching this team from the beginning to where they are right now, they're figuring it out. Uh, you know, they, they've I mean, they've gone with a bunch of freshmen. I mean, you know, they're playing kids that want to compete. Right. Yeah. These kids that are going to play us on Saturday, they ain't worried about their record and they ain't worried about Clemson. They want to compete and show that, hey, they're here. They're, these are young college players that want a future, and they want to get better. That quarterback, man, he's trying to demonstrate, hey, I'm the guy for you to build this program around. Right. You know, those, those young freshman linemen, they're trying to show, hey, you can go recruit who you want, but I'm your guy, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll show you how I'm going to compete. And, and maybe some of those seniors and some of those juniors, you know, they're in the back of the line for a reason. You know, and, and the coaches somewhere along the line have probably made a decision like, hey, we're going to play the guys that are going to compete. Yeah. And, and so that's what I see. I see a team that has really gotten – and I know they've lost some guys, in, but but they've, they've, they've figured it out with this quarterback. They've made some changes personnel-wise that's making them uh, more competitive. They got a great-looking team. I mean, these two DNs, oh. who do you find looks better than them guys? Yeah. Are you – yeah. They got big old thick dudes inside, but they early on they were out of position a lot and things like that. There's so much uh they've just they've just gotten so much more consistent, so much more consistent in their in the things you have to do to have a chance to win. Right. You know? Uh, you know, you you can't win if you're just beating yourself. And and so that's what I see. And I see them competing. In fact, I watched closely in Raleigh because that that could that they could have quit. But they didn't. Those kids kept competing. They kept competing. And and so to me, just what little I know, uh, I, I think that the coaches are making some progress in the key areas that you have to have to have a chance. So and then and then it's so it's 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 getting that type of effort. Everything starts with effort. You can't win without just effort and just sheer competitiveness. You know what? I mean, that's what it takes. So the effort, the competitiveness, the buy-in, getting the right people in the right places, and then you got to recruit, obviously. So now it's going to be about evaluation. It's going to be about development. It's going to be about retention. You know, you can't be a revolving door every year. And then it's going, and it's got to be continuity. You know, somewhere along the line, you got to just hang your hat on somebody. You know, because let me tell you, Mike's he he might have a year. Uh, they might have had a great year. He might have a bad year next year. I don't know. But if you hire the guy and you believe in the guy, give him what he needs, trust the process, and hang in there, right. you know. And, and you, you got to have some thick skin. Uh, and unfortunately, in this business, there's a lot of thin skin, right? And, uh, you know, so uh, that's that's a long answer to your question. But to oh, me, good that's, that's a good answer, Coach. There, there, one thing that's unique about our show is that we have a lot of different fans because it's ACC. Who are we talking to? I don't even know who we're talking to. Well, I feel like it's just the three of us sitting in a room. I don't even know who we're talking to. There are telling people watching online on Facebook, on YouTube, and they've been chatting all. I get a chance to see all their comments. They're chatting online. 
You've converted many of them from their fandoms to Clemson. Is it all Florida State people? No, it's all it's all ACC. There's little all ACC. Okay, now former they're all former uh, fans of their own teams, and now they're all Clemson fans. Oh yeah, yeah. Till we show up, uh, yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you coming through. We appreciate you coming through tonight, coach. This has been fantastic, and uh, we we uh we uh. We, we can't root for you when you're playing against our teams, but we will definitely be rooting for you when you're not. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I learned a long time ago, uh, and it's amazing, especially in Alabama. So, so you know, I go to Alabama, and then, I, then I'm a coach. And, you know, I knew growing up, I mean, you have to – you don't leave the hospital. You got to declare on your birth certificate. I'm, 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 or I'm Auburn, or they don't let you leave the hospital. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And then I become a coach, and I start going out on the road recruiting. I'm a, I think I'm a nice guy. I ain't done nothing to anybody. I mean, I mean, a man's got to have a job, you know. And so, and I'm passionate about my job. And if you're hired to do a job, you should want to do a great job, right? Yeah, right. And so, and so, all of a sudden, I'm going in these schools, you know. And I walk in, and man, they see a logo on my shirt, and man, it's like the devil has walked in. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh! So I, I learned a long time ago. You know, I root for people, not places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I really do. And so I don't get caught up in all that. I mean, there's rivalries and you have all these things and it's great. But, like, I love Charlie Ward. I don't care where Charlie Ward played. Right. Charlie Ward was one of my heroes. I love Charlie Ward. I watched him play basketball forever. Um, he's one of the greatest stories uh, out there. And, uh, you know, he's just great. He's a great person. Uh, you know, and you should be passionate about your university. You should be passionate about where you played and, and all that type of stuff. And I mean, I've dealt with that. I mean, we've played my alma mater. We've beaten them twice in a national championship. You right. know, it was all cute the first time. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> oh, it's so good. The second time, man, they, they're not so nice. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're, not, they're not as nice. I have to sneak in, you know, to Alabama when I go home. But right, right. No, it's funny. So then I come to Clemson, and it's the same thing. I know no one. I've never been to South Carolina. I don't know anything about anywhere, but I, I get hired, and I got to go do my job. And yeah. all of a sudden, I'm walking into schools, and, man, there's people that hate me. They don't know me. They just see a logo, and, and that's just, all right, you're bad. And so, yeah. you know, but that's, that, it's just kind of what makes it all, you know, fun and games and all that stuff. But uh, And people ask me who I pull for in the NFL. I pull for my players. There you go. Well, sometimes they play each other, and I just, I just pray they both play well. And uh, so it's 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 fun. It is. It is. Well, I'll tell you this. One thing about it, you 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 wonder sometimes when you meet people for the first time, will they be what you have been told that they are? I am so thankful that you were you exceeded what I was told you were, <laughs> and, and not by Charlie. These are other people that you know that I cover the ACC and they all say, no, you're going to love him, man. He's amazing. And uh, he's your boy. So, man, yeah. you got a fan for life right here, for sure. I appreciate it. And I wish you guys all the best. And Charlie, good to see you, man. Charlie, you Charlie, you know, believe it or not, and I probably shouldn't let this secret out, but, man, he will text me uh, after most games and, and say, you know, congrats or this or that. And uh, he's probably going to get some hate mail for that. But, uh, <laughs> You know, I got to meet him. I got to, I got to hear him speak and got to meet him at the FCA uh, uh, breakfast one time. And man, just just a just they just don't come any better. Uh, well, really well, don't. The is, will he will he get that same text this this weekend, Charlie? I, I'll be I'll be. He, you know what? 
He has texted me after the game. In fact, the last, last, couple, last couple of years, he has texted me and said congratulations or whatever. So, uh, I'm hoping that I get a text from him. Uh, I don't have to text him. That's it. <laughs> but we're going to play well, man. I, these guys, you know, we, we, and that's, and that's, we've had an extra week to get ready to get healthy. We just need to play well. You know, that's, we, we need to get back to, doing some things better ourselves fundamentally and, and get some guys back rolling. I mean, obviously we're excited to get Trevor back going, but it, it'll be a great day. And, and uh, again, you know, just go play our best and see what happens. Well, you know, on my side, I, I hope you, I hope you play well, not well enough, <laughs> but I, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to see you. Um, I, I won't be at the game, but I'm looking forward because we have a basketball game that night. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing you here in Tallahassee. Um, I won't be sneaking by the uh, by the movie theater on Friday night because uh, our football team is playing in the playoffs. But uh, all the best to you. And Hope says hello. I just want to uh, love it. Hope says hello. Awesome. Uh, Thank you. Tell her hello. Appreciate that. Y'all stay well. Hey, uh, Lord, nice to meet you, Lord. Where do you live? Where do you live? I'm in Texas. I'm in, in Plano, Texas. Yeah. Okay, so how? What's y'all's connection? Uh, just putting they put two great people together and it worked. <laughs> yeah, two brothers oh, in the faith, two brothers in the faith together and it works. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's it's great. great. What, a, what a world! So, what a world. Uh, uh, Florida, are you in Georgia or Florida right now? Where are you? You're in Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida, yeah. South Carolina, and Texas. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, I, I got my note. Look, look, I got, wait, I got the nose right there. I just noticed. See there? There they are right there. Got them on tape. <laughs> I'm getting ready, Charlie. We're getting ready. Um, you stand up too late watching them Seminoles. <laughs> hey, good to be with y'all. Y'all have fun. Coach, appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. All right. That was uh, Dabo Sweetie, Coach Dabo Sweetie, giving us the jewels tonight. Uh, man, it was so much to take from that thing. Goodness gracious. Oh, how we can top that with another guest? <laughs> I know. Listen, that, you, it's real easy once you listen to him to understand why recruits are going to that school in droves. How, yeah. how could you not? Charlie, I got to ask you, after hearing him tonight, do you think he might have had a shot against your Seminoles? Like, I mean, listen, <laughs> if that guy was recruiting you? Uh, well, he's very similar to Coach Bowden. I mean, that's the way Coach Bowden was. And all yeah. the things that he talked about that he's built on, you know, at, at Clemson is what Coach Bowden did. You know, family atmosphere, accountability, discipline. Um, and, of course, the culture was what it was for those years, all those years. And so, you know, I mean, it's apples to apples. It depends on where you want to go. Um, and yes, you know, I was a big believer once I got an opportunity to meet him. And the crazy part about it is, uh, when I spoke at the Orange Bowl uh, prayer breakfast, uh, FCA breakfast, um, we were able for an opportunity to go and watch him practice because uh, my old office coordinator was one of the administrators there uh, at the time. Now he's at South Florida with his son Jeff um, Scott. Yeah. But I went out to practice, and he didn't even he didn't even talk to me uh, because Hope played her viola before I got up and spoke, and so he just went right by, by me 
and started talking to Hope. And he was recruiting Hope. And Hope fell in love with him so much that we ended up having to go to football camp because he had a kicker's camp. And she was a kicker at the time. Oh, and wow. We went all the way to Clemson, South Carolina for uh, uh, her, for his camp, uh, the summer camp. All because he recruited, he talked to her and recruited her uh, at the Orange Bowl uh, that, that practice. And so, it, I mean, if he can do it to your daughter, I'm sure he recruited <laughs> that way to uh, you know come to camp. Then I'm sure it's it's very easy for guys to be for him to recruit uh, football players. Well, listen, we got just a few minutes left. We let's do a quick version of pick them. Uh, Rook, uh, while we got a chance here, uh, I'll jump right into it. Syracuse and Louisville, man, who you got? I'm going with Louisville. I think they're they're destined to win, especially against Syracuse. Yeah, I think I think Louisville is 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 is, is in need. Although not having Javian is going to be a, is going to be a blow. Uh, and I don't know how many of the guys are going to make it back for this one, but but they definitely need um, they need some help this week and they need to rally to try to just get some positive momentum going into the, to the off season. Uh, I'll go with Louisville. Uh, Vitek and Pitt, man, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with um, Vitek. Okay. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm going to go with them. I'm ask you, what, what made you, what, what, do you think they, 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 they're going to rebound from, from they've, that? They've had, two, they've had two close losses. Yeah. I mean, you know, one point, one point. Uh, you know, and so they're kind of on the verge of having a breakthrough game. Um, and Pitt not getting an opportunity to play last week. Uh, of course, that may have given Pickett a chance to heal up probably a little bit more. Uh, right. But I just think, you know, uh, Virginia Tech is destined for at least a game, to win a game here. Um. You know, I'm gonna go the opposite way on that. I'm gonna go Pitt, man. I, I I think Pitt is 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 with Kenny Pickett coming back. Uh, they they are are, are kind of rounding back into shape, finding themselves again. And I think uh, Pitt's gonna be all right. So I'm I'm gonna go Pitt on that one. Uh, Abilene Christian in Virginia. Uh Virginia. I was gonna say that one seems pretty uh, <laughs> pretty obvious on that one. Uh, what about Liberty and NC State? Man, I'm tired. Of, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick against Liberty. I will not pick against Liberty. Um, I'm a big, big believer in the uh, the Willis kid. I think it's Willis, uh, the quarterback. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I'm just a big believer that he can, you know, make uh, what out of turn water into wine. No, I listen. I agree 100. percent That kid is is something special. Uh, he has made a believer out of me. I will not doubt him anymore. <laughs> he is the real thing. So then, of course, last but certainly not least, the game. I wanted you to make this pick with Dabo being out of the room. So, <laughs> so well, you, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm 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 from Realist, and yeah. I just know where the two programs are, and I do believe that we will play hard. But we just don't have what it takes to win. And so um, if I'm going to bet online, um, <laughs> then I'm going to bet on Clemson uh, winning the game. Yeah. So that I mean, I'm, I'm not a Seminole. 
Right, right. There you go. There you go. Tell them. Um, listen, that coach that we just heard with two weeks to prepare in that culture and in that environment that he just spoke of, you got to go with Clemson. <laughs> you got to go with Clemson. Uh, Charlie, that was awesome, man. I uh, hope everybody enjoys the weekend. Hoping, hopefully that got your your early weekend started off right. And uh, we learned a lot here tonight. I think, like I said, I think he converted a lot of people to uh, to, to to become Clemson fans tonight, or at least to to admire them from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. We appreciate you. This is the first time that you've heard us tonight. We appreciate you pulling in for the very first time. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're here every Monday and Wednesday on Facebook and on YouTube, or you can listen to the podcast every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. It drops at noon every Tuesday and Thursday. So look up. Uh, you can find it wherever podcasts can be heard, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, whatever you listen to your podcast at. But thanks again. Uh, this has been a fun, fun, fun night. Uh, the the, uh, the chat has just had a really, really good time, uh, and I think we have as well. So enjoy your evening, everybody. Have a great weekend, and um, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.